Hello and welcome to the Surfing Up Clutch Tennis podcast. My name is Luke and it will just be me for today. Charlie is in Melbourne at the moment attending the Australian Open, um, so he was unable to record. This will just be a quick one today. Um, currently recording on Sunday evening in the UK, so we've just finished the first week of the Australian Open. So I'll go through kind of the interesting storyline so far. Um, also do a recap of our how our betting's gone, um, and then we'll discuss the the remaining matches, um, potential future matches, um, and then some betting tips along the way. So starting with the the recap of the of the betting, um, both our accumulators from the the first podcast uh, lost sadly. Um, it was better news for our tips pass picks. Um, so a tips pass for any new listeners is for what we call a pick of around evens. Um, we do one at the start of each tournament, um, usually against handicap or, or something like that. Um, I went for a Van Asher handicap minus 1.5 games in his first round in that one. So that takes me to 2-1 for the season. Charlie went for Arnaldi minus 5.5 games, uh, which also won. So that takes him to 2-0 for the season. In terms of our outrights, um, my wild card um, has already lost, sadly, um, which was Grigor Dimitrov to win the quarter at 6-1. Um, very surprising result there, arguably. Biggest surprise of the tournament, losing to Nuno Borges uh, over four sets. Great week so far for, for Borges um, of Portugal. Um, however, my other our other outright picks, we both went for Daniil Nevedev at 9-1, who's still going strong despite a scare against Rusevori in round two. Um, back to business as usual for him with a win over Orgia Alassim yesterday. Um, and Charlie's wildcard of Alex Verev at 25-1 is still in the draw. Um, a couple of less than convincing performances from him so far, um, but did secure a straight set to win in the last round. So th- both those picks pick you right, although you would um, still make Carlos Alcaraz the favourites to come out of that half, who is still in the draw. We also have some challenges over on our Twitter account, at Clutch Tennis Pod. Um, please do give that a follow if you don't already, um, as we've been putting out kind of extra tips on there every day. We have a tips pass challenge, so a pick of round evens each day. And in that, Jack is actually in the lead. He's done very well. Um, he is five and two so far. I am four and four so far, and Charlie is three and five. Um, so I'd like to be done for me and Charlie, but there is still time. So stay tuned on our Twitter account for a few picks in that. We also have a five units challenge. Pretty self-explanatory. We start five units up to us, how we use them. Whoever ends on the most wins. Charlie's currently slightly in the lead on that, um, currently on 3.94 units, so slightly less than what he started with, but not too bad. And I'm just behind him on 3.44 units. So that is a recap of our betting tips so far. So we'll get into the the matches. We'll start with the last 16 matches first. Um, at the time of recording, there's obviously four left um, as the the first four last 16 matches took place today. So the ones taking place on Monday, we've got Hubert Herkash against Arta Kazo. Herkash coming in at one to three favourites. Kazo is 12 to five underdog. Now Arta Kazo is a player that a lot of people will not be very familiar with. I can't say I was, to be honest. I'd, I'd seen him play a couple of times. But he's, he's a young French player. He's ranked 122 in the world, um, although he's up to 83 in the live ranking. So we'll break the top 100 after this fortnight. Um, he's been Lazlo Jaren round one over five sets, Holger Rune in the second round in four sets, and Talon Griekspor in the third round in straight sets to make 
the fourth round of a Grand Slam for the first time. I think he'd only ever had one ATP Tour victory before this week. So kind of come out of nowhere, really. But, you know, he's had good form on the Challenger Tour. But um, three really impressive wins. Um, he's been very impressive so far. Hubert Herkaz, on the other hand, was made to work against uh, another talented youngster, uh, Mensik. He did come through in five sets, though. And in round three, he secured a nice win against Hugo Umber in four sets, who's also usually very dangerous. Herkaz himself is very dangerous when he's in form. But Artur Gazzo has absolutely nothing to lose here. He's only dropped one set in his last two matches, as I said. He's, he's a very good athlete, moves, moves incredibly well around the court. Got a good enough serve, nice ground strike, just seems to have quite a nice all-round game combined with a lot of kind of athletic prowess, um, which, which tends to be the, the formula for a lot of youngsters these days, I think. And there's also a lot of French support in Melbourne. I've seen that with Kazar, also seen it with Manorino. Seen some people have a, an old French football shirt with Divas Chauve on the back, which means kind of baldy of God or, or something like that. So he'll have a lot of support and nothing to lose here. I do expect Herkaz to win just due to his experience. He's got a very high ceiling, so the, the fact that he's already won three matches means that he is in form. He's very dangerous when he's in form. But I do think Kazo can, can make this close and, and maybe even cause an upset and win. Um, so I'm not taking that match personally. I don't think, I, you know, I don't think one to three is too bad on Herkaz. So I do understand if you want to take that, but I will not. Moving on down the draw, we have Daniel Medvedev against Nuno Borges. Medvedev coming in very heavy favourites, 1 to 33. Borges, 14 to 1 underdog. Borges, as mentioned before, very good week, beating Dimitrov in the last round. Excellent win. Although I do wonder how much of that was just Dimitrov being Dimitrov, really. Um, excellent form at the start of the season and, and just, you know, when he has a chance to make a deep run, just just loses to someone that he, he should be beating every time, really. But Borges, to his credit, good good player. Um, but do I see him challenging uh, the likes of Medvedev? No, frankly. Um, Medvedev did have a scare against Rusevori, who played unbelievably good tennis. And Rusevori's ceiling is, is way higher than, than Borges is, in my opinion. Rusevori, very aggressive, um, redirects pace very well. And he's just, from what I saw, he was just, hitting out and kept kept finding the court, and that's very hard to play against, but Medvedev did eventually find a way through, and he secured an excellent straight set to win against um, an informed Felix Auger-Aliassime in the last round. So I don't expect Medvedev to have any problems here. Um, in terms of betting, I think Medvedev to win in straights at 1-2 is, is a good enough price for me to take. I think at this stage, the top players are, are really not going to be wanting to expend any extra energy and they've, they've already got a couple of matches under their belt in the conditions. Um, but uh, I mean, particularly for Medvedev as he's, he's already had a long match. So yeah, I think this will be business for usual as, as Medvedev. I, I think a win straight sets here and I think um, one to two is, is good value there. The next match down, we've got Alex Ferrer against Cameron Norrie. It's Ferrer coming in at one to four favorites, Cam Norrie three to one underdog. Ferrer has, has looked a bit shaky so far. Um, dropped three sets, I think, in his, his opening two matches. Um, I think he went to a deciding set tiebreak against Lucas Klein, um, which, you know, that, but 
you know, for, for someone as far as calibre, that, that shouldn't really be happening. But he did get through. In, in the past, he has dropped sets unnecessarily in the opening rounds, and that has been his downfall. But he did secure a, a nice straight set to win against uh, Alex Mike, uh, Michelson in the previous round. So hopefully that's given him some confidence. Um, someone who has certainly gained a lot of confidence this week is Cameron Norrie. Coming from two sets down against Julius Ebieri in the second round. And then securing a very nice win against Casper Ruud in the third round in four sets. But if we delve into the matchup, Zverev is 8-0 in sets against Nori. Um, Zverev has spent maybe a bit more time on court um, than he'd like, which is not ideal against someone like Nori, who does make a lot of balls. But if we look at the matchup, Nori's uh, lefty, very, very heavy forehand, a lot of topspin on it, goes straight into cross court into the Zverev backhand. And if that, that ball sits up at all, which it, it has been doing a bit on these courts, and Zverev's you know, going to kill that. He has a really strong backhand, very good at attacking off it. Um, so I don't think that is going to trouble Zverev too much. Whilst he's a very tall player, he, he does generally get down well, I think. Um, so I think he should be able to counteract the the Nori backhand, which is very flat. It stays very low. Um, so I do think Zverev gets through here. Um, so I will be taking that at one to four. Um, no, Norrie's, he's, he's looked patchy, I think. Um, to be honest, I thought he looked good in the United Cup against Diminor, um, and lost to Taylor Fritz, then looked very unconvincing his first two rounds. Um, Particularly against Zepier, he's, he's getting killed. I, I was surprised that he turned that around, but credit to him. But he, from what I saw, he played very well against Casper uh, Rude. Came to the net very well. Um, but I'm not sure Zverev will, will allow that due to his kind of, you know, his weight of shots from both sides. Rude's backhand is attackable, it's, whereas um, Zverev just doesn't have that weakness on either side. Very strong off, off both sides. Um, combined with that kind of Grand Slam experience as well, he's been in this situation plenty of times, and more often than not, he's come through. So I will be taking Zverev to win there at 1-4. to four. And the final last 16 match is Carlos Alcaraz against Miamir Kecmanovic. Alcaraz coming 1-25 to 25 favourite. Kecmanovic, um, big underdog here at 12-1. to one. And it, I think it's a similar case to the Medvedev match, I don't see Alcaraz having many problems here. I don't think he's played his best so far. He did drop a set to Sonego in round two, but Sonego at his best is is capable of taking it to, to the big players, and it seems like he did play very well. Um, Alcaraz had a, a very easy round three against uh, Jerry Shang. I think Shang um, was injured. He retired in the third set. So it, it'd be pretty fresh, Alcaraz. And, and as I said for Medvedev, I think these top players will be looking to save as much energy as possible and try and get try and get the win as soon as possible. And I'm not sure Kecmanovic, um as as kind of the the weaponry or the um yeah the, the weaponry really to hurt Alcaraz. They did I remember a few years ago they did have an epic match in Miami. Kecmanovic pushed him very close, but Kecmanovic was in, in red hot form. Um was playing tennis that I've not seen from him before and um, and I've not seen since. Um he he has made it through three rounds so so credit to him for that but I I don't see Alcaraz having any issues here so I will be taking Alcaraz to win in straight sets at 8-15. Moving on to the quarterfinals matches we've just got two at the moment um, 
The first one is Novak Djokovic, who's 1-10 to favourite against Taylor Fritz, who's 6-1 to underdog. Djokovic, interestingly, has probably not looked as convincing as usual. He's dropped sets in his opening round against Dino Prismic and in his second round against Alexei Poprin. Um, he had wrist issues in the United Cup. I, I don't know if they're still there. Um, but yeah, it, it just seems that he's not quite at his best. Um, but knowing Djokovic, he, he will get better. He's, he, you know, he does it all the time. For him, it's, it's, you know, it's usually just a case of trying not to expend too much energy in the opening rounds. I think he's expended a bit more than he would like, which might cost him later down the line. Um, but I have no doubt that now he's in the quarterfinals, he's going to really turn it up as he'll have, you know, at least two very tough matches if he does want to, to come away with the, the title. Fritz, on the other hand, coming in slightly under the radar, I think, which I think has helped him because he often puts a lot of pressure on himself at Grand Slams, I think, which hasn't helped him in the past. But he's made back-to-back quarterfinals now, so he'll be, he'll be very pleased with that. And got his first ever top 10 win at Grand Slam against Tsitsipas today. Um, and he seems very confident um, of, of his level and his, his chance against Djokovic. Um, I do think Djokovic will win. I think straight sets at 5-6 to six is tempting. But I, I think Fritz does have a chance to sneak his set. Just because I've been a bit unconvinced by Djokovic's level. And Fritz, I, I think to, to trouble Djokovic, you need a serve, really. And Fritz does have that. He is able to get, you know, some cheap points. Obviously, Djokovic, being Djokovic, will put a lot of returns in play. He will put pressure, uh, pressure on Fritz. So that's that's why I think you do need a serve to, to get, you know, the odd cheap points to have kind of some respite just, just to give yourself a chance. So I do see Djokovic coming through here, but p- potential to drop a set maybe, um, but definitely not confident enough on, on Fritz to take one to go the other way. So I'll be leaving that match. And then the other quarterfinal in that half of the draw, we've got Yannick Sinner, who is one to four favourite against Andre Riblev at three to one. Yannick Sinner, in my opinion, has, has looked the best of anyone. Um, he's the only one who hasn't dropped a set yet. He has had quite an easy draw, but this morning uh, had a very convincing win against Karen Kachanov. I thought he was potential to, to struggle there. Kachanov's a very experienced player at Grand Slams. I thought he looked pretty good in this round three against um, Machak, I think it was. Um, but he came through with fine colours. And, you know, he'll, he'll be very fresh for this matchup. Um, Rublev also looked very good. Really, really good match against Dimonor. Um But it did go to five sets, and he did look like he was physically struggling a bit at the end with cramps. Um, so he will not be coming to, into this one that fresh. Um with, which I think will cost him, to be honest. I think there's also still a slight belief issue with Rublev against the, the very top players. I think it's got better. I think he's got better as a player as well. But if we look at the Hetez, Sinner has won every meeting they've played, apart from the ones where Sinner has retired. And in those four meetings, he's only dropped one set. Um, now, in the last few years, Rublev has improved a lot, I think. Um, but Sinner's improved more, I think. I, I think he'll just be riding high on uh, on confidence at the moment, on, on the level he's been putting in at the back end of last year and the start of this year in this tournament. So I do see Sinner coming through that one quite easily. Rublev, obviously, potential to, to take a set or, or push Sinner. Um, he can may, maybe win, um, but, but I don't see it, to be honest. I think 
Sinner gets through this one fairly comfortably. So I, I'm going to take a minus 1.5 set handicap on Yannick Sinner there at 8 to 15. So I'll just summarise that fourfold that I've got. So we've got Daniel Medvedev to beat Nuno Borges uh, in straight sets at 1 to 2. Alex Ferrer to beat Cameron Norrie at 1 to 4. That's money line. Um, Carlos Alcaraz to beat Mimir Kecmanovic 3-0 at 8 to 15. And Yannick Sinner minus 1.5 sets against Rublev at 8 to 15. So either wins in straight sets or in four sets for that bet to win. That fourfold comes in at 3.41 to 1. And that's it really for this episode. Just a brief kind of um, Australian Open week two episode. Sorry, it wasn't as long as, as usual. Um, but best of luck betting this week. I think last week was was tough. I don't think we, we did that well. First weeks of Grand Slams are usually pretty good for betting, um, but we can capitalise. Um, week two is usually a bit harder because you, you've got, obviously, you know, people like Djokovic and Alcaraz are not, you're not going to get much value there. Um, and there's just less, less matches to choose from. So, yeah, I think this this week could be tough, but I, I do quite like that fourfold. So, yeah, best of luck this week with your betting. And we'll see you soon for another episode. Thanks for listening.